You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Noelle Herhusky Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. In today's feature report, WFHB correspondent Brooklyn Lambright spoke with local advocate Sam Mitchell about his podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, which raises awareness and works to end the stigma around autism. Lambright has more in the bottom half of tonight's program. Also coming up in the next half hour, Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB Local News and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. During its meeting on August 9th, The Bloomington City Council heard Ordinance 23-15, which would expand the boundaries of Bloomington Transit further into Monroe County and the town of Ellettsville. Councilmember Steve Volan, who sponsored the bill, outlined an overview of the ordinance during Wednesday night's meeting. This This ordinance ordinance basically is is BT permission permission to operate operate countywide. Um, one of the consequences of the ordinance is that it will remove doubt among non-city entities such as Monroe County or the town of Ellettsville as to whether BT will be allowed to provide service if they negotiate an agreement. This has been a concern for more than a year, which led to the resolution I authored last year asking council to endorse the idea that's before you tonight. Uh, but one of the consequences of this ordinance will be that it will remove a layer of oversight from this body, uh, which uh, we can argue that maybe it's been too restrictive, um, but uh, it leaves us only with the ability to approve the BT budget as a way to express our concern with uh, what deals they may negotiate with entities outside the city. So the council might prefer to tailor a mandate that's less expansive than what's being proposed tonight. Volan characterized the ordinance as, quote, the most significant change to Bloomington Transit in 50 years, end quote. The ordinance would would establish a Department of Transportation and create the Bloomington Public Transit Corporation. Volan said the change would only affect BT's operating boundaries, not its taxing ones. This change is an operational change only. So it's not a change to the taxing boundaries of the city, just It it just changes the boundaries within which BT could theoretically operate. Uh, According to statute, um, Bloomington Transit has always been able to serve uh, a limited distance outside of the city. I think it's two miles, maybe it's one. Uh, In any case, it's not enough for the concerns that we face this year and that we have been facing for a while. General Manager of Bloomington Transit, John Connell, spoke in support of the BT expansion. Connell said he wanted to see an extension of services beyond city limits. Uh, What we are asking council to approve is to give Bloomington Transit the ability to operate outside of the city limits. Um, I think 
Each council member is aware we have received requests for service outside of the city limits. Uh, you know, we've talked about the East-West Express route that we now call the Green Line. Uh, we have funding in place to study the feasibility of establishing a bus rapid transit system. And we feel very confident that that corridor that will be identified will include areas outside the city limits. So it makes sense for us to gain the authority to operate in the very areas that we're gonna study. Uh, in addition to that, we also would like the ability to, we have the operational capacity to, to operate and provide service, uh, but we don't have the legal capacity. So that's what we're asking for tonight. Councilor Ron Smith expressed concern that Area 10 Agency on Aging would be impacted by the ordinance due to a change in the 2020 census that redefined what is considered an urbanized area. Connell addressed Smith's concerns. I do have this question though. I used to work for Area 10 and there's a real concern that um, the action that you're going to take or, or that we're going to allow you to take with extending the boundaries will prevent people from receiving services, you know, point to point, doctor to home, those kind of things. So the, the uh, note that uh, Ms. Meyer sent to us about asking that, uh, you know, you confine yourselves to the urbanized area as defined in the census. Can you respond to that and kind of, uh, you know, give us a feel for where this is all at with regard to their concerns? The 2020 census redefined the urbanized area. And it's our understanding after looking at the rural transit ridership figures that there's approximately 30 trips a day that they're no longer going to be legally capable of providing because the origin and the destination will be both in an urbanized area. So what we would like to do is be in a position to, to provide service to those individuals. Our intent is not to uh, absorb any more than the urban to urban. So we have no intention of limiting their ability to continue rural to urban. Uh, you know, this, this came about uh, through the state. They reached out to us. They said, well, what can we do to, to help these individuals who are going to lo lose service? And, you know, the starting point is, well, we have to have the legal capacity to help out. Yeah. Smith asked for clarification on how the boundaries would be extended into the county. Connell elaborated on Bloomington Transportation's plans. Yeah, I, th I think it's that... Um I, th I think it's the, uh, do I understand it right, Mr. Connell, that you, you are going to operate just within the boundaries the way the census has shown that it will be the urbanized area? Or, or do you, will you be operating outside of the urbanized area into the county that may overlap with things that roll? transit does 
So currently, our intention is just to provide those trips that they're, they're no longer able to provide. Uh, the, the reason we want the ability to operate countywide is we don't want to be back in front of this council in five years when things change and there's areas ripe for public transportation that we're no longer able to serve because we stuck to, you know, we, I, we don't want to piecemeal it, in other words. We want to have the ability to adapt, you know, one and done type thing here. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of individuals, for example, the, the rural transit trips, a lot of those trips are coming into the city of Bloomington to do business. You know, it's in, it's in the, the city's best interest to provide those trips. So our, our, our goal is to just have the flexibility to adapt as we need to. Does, th does that change the uh, subcontracts with them in a substantial way that might um, disturb their financial stability? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Thank you. Local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin shared concerns he had during the public comment portion of the meeting. He pointed out what, what he saw as factual issues in the proposed legislation. The maps, the difference between the urban area in 2010 versus 2020. It's not the change, I mean, the maps changed but it's not the change in those maps that has led to the crisis involving rural transit's ability to provide service. It's not the change in the maps. There was maybe an incremental change, a tiny change in the maps that has had maybe a little bit of an impact on rural transit's ability to provide service, but the real difference is a decision by INDOT to enforce a rule that's always been on the books Namely, it's a rule about a rural transit agency that receives 5311 federal funds. Such a transit agency is not supposed to give rides between two points where both of those points are already inside the urban area. So that rule's been, always been on the books, but it's not been enforced. And because it hasn't been enforced, rural transit has been able to provide rides between, for example, Ellettsville and Walmart on the west side of Bloomington. Both of those are in the urban area, have been in the past. Uh, they shouldn't have been able to provide those rides, but they were allowed to provide those rides because the rule wasn't enforced. Rural transit was essentially observing a different rule. One that said, okay, we won't give rides between two points that are inside the city of Bloomington. So that's the way rural transit interpreted the actual rule. And INDOT has said, no, not anymore. Starting January 1st, 2024, we're not going to allow those kind of rides to take place. And that has pushed things to the crisis. Um, so it's not the increased urbanization of Monroe County that has led us to this point. It's simply an administrative bureaucratic decision by INDOT to say, nah, we're going to enforce this rule strictly. The council unanimously approved the ordinance. The Bloomington City Council will meet again for its regular session at 6.30 p.m. in the council chambers on August 16th. 
In today's feature report, WFHB correspondent Brooklyn Lambright spoke with local advocate Sam Mitchell about his podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, which raises awareness and works to end the stigma around autism. Lambright has more. I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Day after day, alone on a hill, the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. Hi, right, folks, have a good day today. Let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. For this episode, we are focusing on my new guest, Ryan Steiner. So let's welcome Ryan to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Ryan, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. So my first question to you is, what does having autism mean to you? It means that I see things differently, and sometimes that's better, in my opinion, and sometimes that's not better. I get things in my own time, but I always get there. It helps me stick to things. Hyper-focus gets a bad name, but I love it. I love to be able to get good at something. Me too, but hyper-focus can be good. It's what society calls obsessions for the listeners, C205, practicing for future skills. Who says it has to be obsession if it's leading us down the road of success? What were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had autism? When I was a kid, I thought I was broken. I wouldn't be able to have all these things. It hurt my heart. I felt it physically, even though it was an emotion. But when I got older and I realized that that wasn't the truth and I start to really love myself, not just with my autism, but because of my autism. You just heard from Sam Mitchell's podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls. Sam started his podcast in October of 2019 after falling in love with podcasting in his high school's media club. From there, his podcast quickly grew, and with the support of his mom, he's been able to create an entire nonprofit business. Sam has welcomed numerous guests on his show, from WWE wrestlers to doctors and autism advocates. Sam has had the opportunity to learn and advocate for a better awareness and acceptance of autism. Because of his podcast, he's had the opportunity to travel to places like Canada, Florida, Oklahoma, and Washington, D.C. to speak. Sam is also an ambassador for organizations like the Doug Flutie Foundation and the Make-A-Film Foundation. Sam was diagnosed with autism at the age of four. His mother, Gina Mitchell, says her pregnancy with Sam was normal. It wasn't until he began growing that she realized he displayed signs of autism. So, kind of from my perspective, Sam... um, I had a very normal pregnancy. I was very, very sick, Um, but, you know, it's pretty common with pregnancies. So uh, Sam, you know, had a pretty traumatic birth, and then he was delivered emergency C-section, but it really wasn't him. It was, you know, just kind of other factors. Um, And then now that we look back on it, um, Sam never, you know, looked at a camera whenever whenever we were taking pictures of him. And he didn't. He did not hit his milestones typically when kids do. So I just remember he crawled, stood up, rolled over, walked, all within a month. All, I mean, just very, very quickly. He was almost a year old. I mean, and so we knew that there were some delays. Um, but then once he did that, uh, it, it was pretty classic textbook autism. Um, being an educator, I kind of knew what it looked like, but you know, I wasn't an expert in it by any means. So he got, he was diagnosed with autism when he was four. And then, um, you know, there were hard days. 
but there were also, there's also been lots of good days, you know, because Sam is a pretty incredible person. School presented its own challenges for Sam. His peers were often cruel, sometimes ignoring him or refusing to play with him. Gina, being an educator, understood this was a reality all children face. But for kids like Sam, who often appear a bit different, socializing can be difficult. During his first podcast episode, Sam discusses his struggles with school. Eighth grade brought unexpected friends his way. He only realized afterwards that his peers were buttering up to him in hopes he'd put in a good word with his mom, the eighth grade English teacher. Sam says freshman year of high school was the hardest for him. But now, new friends have found Sam in the form of fan mail. Autism Rocks and Rolls is making an impact on kids all around the country and in his own community. You know, he would go to school and nobody would talk to him. And it wasn't because it's a bad school. It's just kids that age. I'm around them all the time. Um, you know, sometimes to them, different is bad. And if somebody is different, then they just don't really have time for that. Um, but... You know, and so it's the school that he went to was phenomenal. Like, it's a good, good school system, but kids can be mean and cruel sometimes. Um, so now, you know, when he logs on and he's got this fan mail, it's pretty cool. When people think of Sam, he doesn't want them to first think of his autism diagnosis. Sam has regular hobbies and interests like any other 21-year-old. Yeah, there's more to me than just the autism. Him. I like wrestling. I, I like bonfires. I Love rock and roll music. There's more to me. Sam wants the world to know people with autism do not need to be fixed, and they are not broken. Sam says he's become successful with autism, not despite of it. This is the message Sam had in mind when creating Autism Rocks and Rolls. He wanted to change the language and ideas surrounding autism. So that kind of became part of our mission, was to destigmatize autism and really change the language. You know, um, I've done a lot of assessments with what's out there, and it's it's very negative. It's a very negative dialogue. It's, um, you know, like I just think back when he was diagnosed when he was four, of course, you know, it's been, you know, 18, 19 years ago, we didn't have YouTube, so I read books. But now, you know, like today, a four-year-old would get diagnosed with autism, so it's the, the caregiver, mom, grandma, whoever, it's probably going to go to YouTube because that's where we all go when we want a question answered. And she or he is going to watch. Or Google. Yeah, or Google. They're going to watch a video. And when I did the assessment, it's all negative. You know, at this point, she's going to walk away from the computer thinking their lives are over and her son or daughter has this terrible disease and disability. But I never thought that. And so we're, that's what we're trying to change is we're trying to get people to understand people are people and there's an entire population of those on the spectrum that are skillful, talented, and are often ignored. The impact of Autism Rocks and Rolls has led listeners to contact Sam, expressing their gratitude that, quote, someone actually gets it. Sam has the unique ability to capture the realities of living with autism and placing it into an accessible audio format. Some of the best episodes that Sam has on his podcast, in my opinion, is when he's talking to a mom or he's talking to somebody on the spectrum. And it's just, it's so real and it's its so authentic. And those are so helpful. Um, but we've had episodes, if I can interject, we've had sure. episodes where they have some people on the spectrum who have listened to the show have said, he 
I'm someone actually gets it. Yeah. But understanding and accepting autism isn't exclusive to those with a diagnosis. Sam and Gina say it's critical that each generation teaches their children about acceptance, even when someone acts or looks different. Autism is not in the dictionary for them. It's, oh, okay, not there. Some it's like, oh, okay, cool, next page. But some, you look at it, are there. We, here's the, the problem I have is those who are, don't have it in their dictionary. In my opinion, I'm not asking you to bow down to autism. You know, like, all hail the king, all hail the king. I'm not asking that. But it needs to be your dictionary and the story. You can look and turn the page, mm-hmm. but it should not be ignored. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be beyond awareness. We're aware. We're, we're, we're past that. And we're acknowledging it. And I do get props for it. Yeah, says, yeah. Oh, we got we to gotta go higher. Yeah, you got to. It's not just, um, it's not just awareness anymore like maybe it was at one point when nobody really knew anything about autism but it's beyond that it's critical it's critical that it continues to get better um we have to teach our kids we have to teach them at a young age you know uh it doesn't matter what this group of people saying over here is that person sitting by themselves at lunchtime that shouldn't happen that's your responsibility to say, would you like to sit with me? And that sounds very kind of like common sense, but these kids don't know it. They don't know. And, and then it's the second they get uncomfortable, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not like invested in it anymore, you know? And I, and so, so it needs to start to start early. Autism Rocks and Rolls has their event Summerfest coming up on August 5th. The event offers a scavenger hunt, cornhole, games, and prizes. The all-access band and Duke Tomato will also perform. Tickets for the event are available via a minimum $10 donation. All proceeds go towards helping Sam continue his mission. More details on the event and Autism Rocks and Rolls are available at www.autismrocksandrolls.com. Sam's podcast is also available on all podcasting platforms. For now, though, Sam says he's taking his business one day at a time. For WFHB News, I'm Brooklyn Lambright. Up next, episode 34 of Little Bub's Little Show, a co-production between WFHB Local News and Little Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment. Welcome to Little Bub's Little Show a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal. Today's featured pet comes from our local Bloomington, Indiana animal shelter. We've featured him before but this sweet senior cat is still looking for his forever home. We know the right person is out there. Bubby is an amazing and affectionate 15-year-old cat. He loves chin scratches and will drool the tiniest bit when he's really feeling them. He brings joy to the shelter staff caring for him, who love him and know that you would too. 
Bubby is diabetic and will need insulin and monitoring for this condition, and shelter staff are ready to show you what care he needs. If you're looking for a gentle senior cat who just needs a warm bed to rest his weary bones, Bubby would be the perfect fit for you. If you'd like to adopt Bubby, but are concerned about the cost of his ongoing care, please reach out to Little Bub's Big Fund by emailing me at stacy at littlebub.com. That's S-T-A-C-Y at L-I-L-B-U-B dot com. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. Have you ever thought about fostering an animal? Foster families greatly enhance the lives of the animals housed at Bloomington Animal Care and Control. The purpose of the foster program is to provide a temporary home for companion animals who may have special needs, are youngsters under the age of eight weeks, do not show well in a kennel situation, but are otherwise deemed adoptable, are purebreds awaiting placement in a breed rescue, or are in need of additional training to improve their chances of finding a lifelong home. The foster program, combined with off-site adoption events and transports to other shelters, alleviates space issues at the shelter, thereby decreasing euthanasia and increasing adoptions. Foster guardians provide a humane environment founded on quality food, fresh water, reasonable shelter, affection, and attention. They also provide basic training using positive methods, transportation of the foster companion animal to off-site adoption events, transportation to the shelter for clients interested in adopting the animal, and regular and timely updates on the status of the animal. To learn more about becoming a foster guardian, please visit the shelter's website at bloomington.in.gov backslash animal shelter backslash foster. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com.
You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Cade Young and Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Brooklyn Lambright. Little Bub's Little Show is produced by Stacey Bradovsky and Christine Brackenoff. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Noel Herhusky Schneider. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Spectrum a program exploring the worlds of science and technology. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB local news volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB local news archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB local news. We are local, longer, 